The number one thing that is important to travelers in 20, almost 22 years of experience, in my opinion, and I think in most of your opinion, this is not any kind of wild prognostication, is your pay, ladies and gentlemen. Payroll is incredibly important. It can ruin your relationship with your recruiter, your agency. It can put you in a bad mood at your facility. It can put you in danger if you don't have um, some, I guess, preparedness, if you will, for not getting paid in a, in a week. So it happens all the time. The crazy thing is it's relatively common in our industry. We're going to talk about payroll errors today, why they happen, some things that I think you can potentially do to help reduce them. But we're going to have an open communication today about payroll errors because it's about time somebody did. It's been in the industry since I've been in the industry. I don't think it's going away permanently anytime soon. But let's have a conversation about it today on Travel Evolved. It's Travel Evolved. I'm Mark Holloway. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. I'm back in Colorado, much to my chagrin. No, actually, that's not true. I, I like, I actually, I love Colorado in the fall. I love it in the spring because snow is melting. It's just, it's a cool state, uh, that's for sure. Yeah, I, and I, I truly do love it. So fall is here in full bloom. I am back and um, super excited, crazy busy. It was, um, God, what a summer uh, as far as, business-wise goes, and uh, here we are right into it. So I cannot thank all of you enough for watching, tuning in, listening, whatever way or whatever platform it is that you guys are joining Travel Evolve. Thank you for doing it. Um, it's it's humbling, I think, is the best way to explain it. And I'm also really excited because it seems to me like most of you are, are saying, give me some more. We've, You guys have all known. I've been on social media off and on and and for the majority of probably six good years, five good years. So a lot of things that you see me put out there are, are older. Um, you know, it just depends upon on the timeliness and if it still is, is appropriate for today. But really, we're doing a lot of really cool stuff. And I want to get you guys thinking. I want Travel Evolved, as you guys know, to be your go-to place where you're going to hear some things, to be able to couple that with the information and knowledge that you guys already have. That's It's incredibly important. You cannot just go by what I say. But I'm hoping that what I'm bringing to the table a little bit is just that uniqueness of if you really want to know what's happening, what an agency's thinking, what's going on at agency, you got to tune in to, to Mark and Travel Evolve because we're going to tell it to you. Uh, my whole philosophy is I don't think that anything should be secretive in our industry. And unfortunately, a lot of stuff is. It's not really meant to be by design. Sometimes I make it seem like, oh, God, everyone's really out to... To get you, I, I don't think that's really a fair assessment. And if I do, I apologize for making it sound quite as bad as it is. I think companies are out to make money. 
I think that's that is legitimate. I'm not going to back away from that. Unfortunately, like I've said, you get in the way sometimes of them making money. If you're educated and smart, they don't like that. We don't like that. We like to be able to have you know people just you know roll over and obviously make huge margins on every hourly bill rate we get at hospitals. But it doesn't always work that way. So it's not that they're purposely saying, how do I really get the traveler? No, it's more about how do we make money, and it doesn't oftentimes matter who's in the way. So that's really what it comes down to, and that's kind of what I always try to say. If I'm really trying to sound like I'm being not anti-agency, I'm just being honest. And again, I think that's important. And I don't know why our industry isn't more honest about it. I mean, most industries... If you're dealing with a salesperson, you're dealing with a product, you're dealing with a price, it's pretty out there. And you shop around for everything. I want you guys to shop around when it comes to not only just the pay rate, but all the other nuances that come to what you're looking for in assignment and the things to be aware of. And this is one of those conversations today that I think we just need to have happen. Again, I would beg and implore you to try to find anything on social media that's coming from an agency standpoint with an honest conversation about payroll errors. Yet, you're not going to find that, I should say, but yet all you see out there, and I will say, honestly, it has decreased a little bit, and I'll explain, I think, why, but you still see times when it's like the the threat of the day that XYZ company didn't pay any of their employees, or I got screwed over this, or I'm dealing with a, a battle with my agency now that's taken, you know, I get used to this being here. Taking six weeks for me to get a 25, you know, a 0.25 or a 50 minute discrepancy on my timesheet fixed and taken care of. And I'm frustrated. I'm tired of that. And I think that's part of the, just the industry and what we're going through. So it's weird to me that we don't have honest, open conversations. What happens is you've got travelers out there because you have no other person that's going to talk about it, in my opinion. And you're 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 complaining and talking about it. It's great. That's exactly what you guys should do. You're 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 tattling on companies that are having trouble. Nothing wrong with that. It's just that I want you guys to understand maybe a little bit of the things that are why and the how. And let's just see if we can reduce some of those. This episode, I'm going to hearken you guys back to episode number one when I said communication is key. And that's what I want to talk a lot about in this episode is that I'm going to say some things that are kind of like duh, of course, you know that you're not selling us we don't something we don't know. But I want you guys to understand, maybe just to think about why these things happen. And I'm going to explain some things from an agency standpoint. I'm going to explain some things from a hospital standpoint. I'm going to explain some things from a traveler standpoint. All of these things together, all these problems that are kind of unique with our industry, all come together and form payroll problems. And I think by talking about it and being aware of some of those, you could, on your own, reduce your chances of having a payroll error and not have to rely on your company or your agency to you know, make sure they don't have one. There are some things that we should talk about, and that's what it's really about today. Let's have an open conversation. And when I mean conversation, it means me barking in this microphone and you having to listen to it if you want to. But I think at least the communication that I'm going to give you guys really should, I hope, open up some eyes as to, oh, that makes sense. And I hope this is, there's some aha moments, as I always like to say, in this episode that will help you and hopefully help everybody in the industry start to reduce some of the just nonstop errors that happen, and they just do. So as always, thank you guys. As I kind of did a few minutes ago, thank you guys for subscribing. Please do that. Please share these episodes. If you if you know someone, tune them, tune them into us. Uh, we would really appreciate it. Our audience is growing a lot, and I don't know, we had another record week last week. It's like our graph is going, if you're looking at it, it's going up like that. Um, which is crazy because I never can predict. I always say, ah, this topic is going to be something that we're not going to get that many listens on, but I, you know, whatever. When the team tells me, 
Yeah, I wish it was the best thing. I'm going, yeah, that's why you young kids that know more about this stuff are better than I am. So um, I'm just here to regurgitate the knowledge <laughs> or lack thereof. And they're there to tell me and put the, 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 I guess, the episodes in order so that we keep that audience going and we keep you guys interested. And that's that's our whole goal. We want you guys to get interested and listen to them all from one to now episode number 23 so you guys get some some goodies here. Okay, let's talk about this. Payroll errors, first of all, they are extremely common. Uh, it is probably more common in our industry than any industry I've heard. There are just a lot of reasons why, but it is, it is, it's out there. It is something that, again, I've been seeing for 22 years. I've been involved in companies that have had time periods where it's been difficult for a variety of reasons we're going to cover. There's been times when things go really smoothly. But any company that has any remote size to it, I'm talking 100-plus travelers, there's going to be periods of time when they have issues. There's companies that have less than that that have issues. Um, those are probably more fixable. But when you start to grow and get bigger as a company, there are reasons why you struggle to have pristine, perfect payrolls. It's going to happen. If you guys haven't experienced a payroll problem on your check, I, I'm, I'm here to give you the bad news. It's part of the deal. It's part of why you guys make the big money. Now, what stinks about it is that oftentimes you have to advocate for yourself so hard that it gets frustrating and you get angry. And that's when I think most agencies should recognize that when someone's starting to get elevated on a payroll issue, you got to fix it because that is, again, the number one fastest way to lose a traveler, to lose a reputation, and to lose that loyalty that a traveler has to you if they, in fact, have loyalty to you for any other reason besides you're a great paying company. So this is probably not going to go away anytime soon. I do think that, you know, being that right now the recording of this, it's late in, it's we started the fourth quarter of 2021. I do think technology and some things and advancements and improvements and, and processes are going to help and change some things. I, I just think it's inevitable. But I think also it's never going to go away, period. It just won't be a perfect, pristine system. Here's the funny thing, like I said a few minutes ago. Nobody wants to talk about this. This is one of those topics that anybody in my position or anybody, I don't care if you're a credentialing person, a recruiter, you name it, you don't want to ever mention that your company has problems because it makes people think, oh, my company always has problems. I, I think that's crazy. Admit it. It's a little more honest, a little more transparent. You say, yeah, we, we have our share. We do everything we can to try to reduce that. But that's a little healthier, a little more honest conversation. I think all companies have issues. It's, in my opinion, a company's ability to fix them quickly and seamlessly that I think separates and elevates some companies over the others. I don't think that there's a company out there that's infallible to having payroll problems, but I do think that systems that they have in place, and processes, man, I keep hitting that microphone, processes they have in place are gonna help reduce those a lot. So if you are a competitor of mine, or if you're a recruiter likes to listen to this, you know, take some onus and say, really, we got it. That is something you should always be looking at, in my opinion, from an agency standpoint, how do we improve the pay process and the effectiveness and the, I guess, the perfection, if you will, or, or trying to get as close to perfection as we can of our payroll process. And you should be considering and screening and looking at different ways to do things better constantly. So it it's just, it's one of those things, again, you guys could go on to a couple of very, very famous social media, I'm thinking Facebook pages primarily or groups that are notorious for loving to just have nothing but negative comments out there. 
I think they're helpful, to be honest with you. Most of my competitors don't like them. Sometimes I find it funny. Sometimes I find it not so funny as far as just the topics that are there because it's some serious stuff out there. But it is kind of a, a place for people just to vent. And you can go onto some of those pages, and I'm telling you, you wouldn't have to scroll down very far until you see something about pay and a problem with it. Not necessarily wages or amounts or you know pay packages. I'm talking about actual errors with a payroll. And I've, again, I've seen some of the big companies, I won't mention them, but I'm talking about the big ones that I always love to go after here. Some of those guys have had times when they haven't paid people for two or three weeks in a row. Now, I know you're thinking, no way, but yes. I remember back, I can't remember what year it was, but it, it hasn't been super recent, but not that far away. Um, when I remember very specifically, one of the big, big, big guys was having no pay for three weeks. And I said, how in the heck can they not have everybody just drop and ship? Well, you know, they are a publicly traded company. They were huge. And I think they did a really good job of convincing people to stay on board with them and, and whatever the issue they were working through. I don't know if they'd switched, you know, major payroll companies, they switched processes, but something clearly went wrong that wasn't financial. It was more process and system-wide. But, man, I can't understand how people would put up with that for three weeks. I would never expect a traveler to put up with it for more than one week of just not getting paid. But those are the big, big, big deals. Uh, when that happens, it's all over social media. And I've seen travelers, I guess, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I've seen them... I guess effectively and both, not effectively, that's not the right word I'm looking for, justifiably and also non-justifiably beat up agencies for payroll problems. And I think there is, there's room for that. I think you got to hold us, us agencies accountable for things that, are, that we do repeatedly wrong. I would say that if there is something that's very unique, if you've had great payroll and there was something, you know, that came across weird, We'll talk about some things that may have happened, but find out what's going on. Make sure it's not a repetitive thing and you know, maybe give them a break based on what we talk about today. And again, this is one of those episodes I think I'm going to make some friends on my side of the industry. Probably not going to make friends, but I might not make them so upset with me on this episode because I'm going to talk about some of the reasons and justifications why it happens here today. So, all right, let's, let's, let's jump into that. You know, again, this conversation is not too make excuses for us agencies. I really don't want you guys to take it that way. I'm just trying to explain to you so that maybe you guys have a little more understanding and have a little more patience if and probably when some things go wrong. And again, like I just mentioned, if you've got it happening here and there, I think that's hopefully something that you guys can understand will happen. If it's pretty frequent, if you're having it happen you know, once or twice every assignment, that's probably not a good thing. If it happens more than that, I wouldn't work with that company again personally. I think it's, it's, it's just... I mean, we all know how important this is. So if it's happening more than that, then there's there's obviously a lack of concern or, or who knows what's going on. Um, communication. That's what we're going to talk about. I'm going to communicate the deal with it. So first of all, there's a huge variety of reasons why there are payroll errors. Payroll errors. That's going to be hard for me to say throughout this episode. Let me just start by talking again. I'm going to give you all the excuses from an agency standpoint. Bear with me. Listen to them and kind of nod your head and go, yeah, okay, I understand that. First and foremost, there is a, an unbelievable amount of different timekeeping mechanisms that you guys all have to deal with on your own at a facility. You walk in orientation. This is the way we do it. I always go to the, the, the FedEx and the, the, brand, the standard brand of the Kronos report. That's probably the most common, but there are a lot of versions of a timekeeping mechanism that are punching in, punching out automatically. 
it's everything from that to, you know, you may have literally all the way down to using your agency's timesheet and handwriting and having your manager sign. I literally had those and do every single week from hospitals around the country. You would think in our day and age, 2021, that there wouldn't be literally handwritten timesheets that you have to take a picture of or even fax to a, an e-fax. I don't, most travelers, you know, take a picture of them nowadays, which is better than having to walk to a fax machine because those crap out too. <laughs> Thank goodness I'm at the point now where I haven't had a faxed timesheet for probably a year now, I'm thinking. But believe it or not, it wasn't, you know, but a couple of years ago that I was getting a lot of those. And a lot of the errors were, it wasn't going through. And people like, I got it. And they'd send us the repeat. And it says right there, error, didn't make it through. So anyway, first and foremost, have an understanding that they're literally just an incredible amount of different varieties of how we receive time from you guys. So think about that for a minute. You guys are finished with your work week. Typically on you know Sunday morning, some hospitals are a little slightly different. You may be working a, a you know a Monday through Friday type shift consistently. So we're getting annihilated throughout literally as early as Wednesdays because a lot of you are finished with your potentially your three assignment or three shifts I should say on Wednesdays. We're getting hit from there heavily to you know over the weekend and especially on Mondays and you know again depending on how your agency's rules are into Tuesdays some agencies even go into Wednesdays on receiving time sheet, time sheets all at once with a whole bunch of different I mean literally almost every hospital it looks different even though you're using a Kronos report let's say some hospitals we get that by going to um, the the vendor's website and downloading it sometimes it's given directly to us from a facility Sometimes, I'm trying to think of different ways. I've had people taking pictures of their Kronos report, sending those to us because they can't rely on the Kronos. So <laughs> it is, it's it's crazy. I've walked in with companies I've ran before into the payroll department on Monday and turned right around and walked back out again saying, no, I forgot it was Monday. I'm not going in there because I'm not going to mess with those people because they are incredibly stressed, very little time, and a whole bunch of processes to go through and things to review. It's not easy. And like I say, I'm not justifying it, but the bigger the company is, the time frame doesn't change. You don't get more time just because your agency is larger and you've got you know, 500, 800, 1,500, 2,500 timesheets coming in as opposed to having 50 timesheets coming in. You don't, you're not allotted more time. We pay people weekly. Most companies do. I'm sure there's a few dinosaurs out there that don't. But most of us pay everybody every single week, which means payroll is due at a finite time, depending on what payroll service you're doing, if you're doing it in-house, it, you know, maybe some more flexibility. But in order to make those ACH deadlines for your pay and for taxes and everything else, there is a deadline, regardless of what you, how your payroll is, is being done. If you don't meet that deadline, you're done. Most companies that are, aren't the real big, big guys, I can't speak intelligently about what they do, but most companies run a payroll one time. I'm pretty sure the larger you get, the more you will do a multiple amount of payroll runs. But there's an expense to that. But to be able to, you know, incorporate or encompass different runs for the same week, that's I'm sure that happens. Uh, I know that when we were getting to a certain size and and are going to be again, it makes more sense to do some things that way so that you're getting the people done that are done, and you can harp on there, or it's regionalized, or it's vendor, you know, it's based upon how the vendor goes. But there are basically, for most companies, there is a deadline that you run your one-time-a-week payroll, which means you've got to get it in quick. 
So the bigger you are, what that means to you, and you guys should hear this, is it means you have to have more and more people in your payroll department focusing and working on that payroll. You don't get to you know, have more time. So it's an interior, an interior and uh, internal expense, I should say. And so that is a big, big deal. Every time you get a timesheet in, you've got to say, where am I getting it from? What is it I have to do? And I'm telling you, Kronos Report, if we just talk about those in general, we have a pretty major vendor that doesn't take time off of the Kronos Report, and they make us do that manually. And if they aren't thinking about that and they don't know that rule in payroll, then you're being overpaid. Or if the traveler themselves weren't allowed to take a break and that doesn't show up as no break taken, then we're you know the company's taking a half an hour and the traveler's going to be upset because, hey, wait, I didn't work it. Well, we can't tell. We don't see it. How would we possibly know? And how do we validate that so that we make sure that we can get paid for that hour too? It's Obviously, it's one of those things, just again, transparent. We love to pay you, but I know most agencies also want to make sure that they're getting paid before they just haul off and start writing you a, you know, a payroll for that half an hour, let's say. So it's real. It's, it's tough. But just considering the number of different types of timekeeping that come into any agency every week, I want you guys to go, yeah, that probably is pretty daunting, especially for those of us that are growing very, very quickly. It means you have to be ahead of that curve and make sure you've got plenty of people to handle payroll effectively, efficiently, and you get it done way before the deadline so that payroll doesn't get you know, stopped or, or cut off or, or worse, or case scenario, not even ran. There also could be a vendor in the middle of this process, which means that we might not be getting the timesheet more often than not directly from your facility. We're getting it from the vendor who gets it first, validates it, makes sure that they're able to build that hospital and get their money before they pay us agencies our, our money, less their, their fee, which is substantial. And oftentimes, 25%, 20% of what we're making. Um, again, depending on the, your company's margin, it's it's these vendors make a lot of money. They make a lot of money to basically have websites and systems in place to be able to communicate positions. We're going to talk about vendors down the road, but let's not. You know, I'm not going to have that discussion now. But that's how the thing works. There are people that are in between the timekeeping process process oftentimes that also can delay or affect you know your pay and, and how it gets it's uh, reported to us there's one vendor in particular and they're not a really big one but there's one vendor in particular that I get nothing but complaints about their own personal timekeeping process it is cumbersome it is difficult it doesn't work a lot of times which causes us to have payroll problems even though we're the ones on the receiving end. Man, i got to figure that out, that microphone. We're the ones on the receiving end of getting that. So oftentimes, at the end of the day, the buck stops here. we got to figure out how to get paid. But if we're not getting that, that cross report in, it's, it's, it can be a, an issue for us. So it's difficult. Let's talk a little bit about the handwritten one still. And again, I, I'm just blown away. But yes, there are many facilities that either you use theirs, that they have a standardized timesheet, or they say, have your agency. I had to send one out the other day for some one of our new people. That's like I'm like, oh, you know, they aren't using Kronos. Never worked at that facility before, and nope, they want your you to send us a timesheet. So when we're talking about that, there's a ton of things that that can cause problems for us agencies. The first and foremost one is that it's not filled out properly or fully. Let me walk you guys through that. Remember, let's say you're dealing with 500 timesheets every week, which is you know pretty average size. If you've got 500 timesheets coming in and you've got one that comes in that doesn't have the dates on it, it doesn't have 
you know, it has military time or it doesn't show any kind of punching in or, or you know, going on break or anything like that, the potentially the daily total isn't wasn't totaled out. Believe it or not, the weekly total wasn't totaled out. Maybe it just has a total number of hours. It doesn't talk about you know regular versus overtime. Maybe there's callback, there's on call, and you can't tell what's what from this timesheet, which basically means that agency has to go back out, reach out to you, the traveler, and say, I need some help with this. I know it's been signed, but that doesn't mean we're going to get paid properly on it. Again, I hate to say this, guys, but the agencies are going to make sure that they can qualify and verify your timesheet before they're ever going to release any payroll. So if you're sitting there saying, I always have payroll problems no matter what company I go with, there could be a problem with the way that you're filling some things out. I'm not trying to blame you guys, but just look at that. If you consistently have more payroll issues than any other travel that you know, and you've gone and worked with multiple companies, there could be some issues with the way you're filling things out. You've never thought about it. Military time is you know, usually a good way, but it's confusing. Obviously, it's hard when people are working night shift and they're working until you know, midnight or they take a break around you know, early in the, in the first hour between midnight and 1 o'clock in the morning. I've seen those. I'm going, oh, yeah, you got to really concentrate and focus. Most payroll people are, are good at this, a lot better than I am. They do it all the time. But it's helpful when a timesheet is filled out completely. I cannot tell you how many times I get timesheets in or we do it you know, in the payroll department. And it's just punch in, punch out. There's no total, or it just says seven A seven P, and it you know or who knows what it could be. But it's amazing to me that the the number one most important thing to you as a traveler, if you are handwriting a timesheet and getting that signed by your supervisor, charge nurse, manager, you name it, that you wouldn't take time to really make sure that's perfectly legible, easy to to read, makes total sense. It's totaled out. I know I would if that was what I was counting on for my pay to be perfect, I would want to make it as clear as I could to whatever guy or gal was actually looking at that and then deciding how to pay me from that piece of paper. It's going to be pristine and perfect. And it blows me away how people I've worked with for years, Travis I've worked with for years, I'm like, oh man. It's almost like a joke now, but I've said, you got to do better than this because I can't take the time and most companies can't. There's companies that are a lot bigger than than mine and it gets more and more difficult. So I'm guaranteed there's a stack of timesheets that go over and say, we're going to run that on a second run or we're going to make sure we take care of the people that's easy to do their stuff first, then we'll go through those. So understand that that is a lengthy process. You can help your company and you can actually help every other traveler out there if you fill those you know, rare times when you got those handwritten timesheets out, if you would fill them out completely, legibly, properly, do the math, it will save them time, which then means more people get paid because it's it works better. You're not being the one that's clogging up the, you're not the bottleneck, so to speak. Call back, on call. I cannot tell you how many times people try to, you know, they, they don't sit there and aren't specific. Here's when I was call on call. Here's where I came back in. They'll have the entire on call and part of it is also classified as call back and most facilities don't you know do the double pay where you're getting paid call on and it's you guys get it <laughs> I'm going on and on about this but it's those handwritten ones drive me nuts I'm hoping for a time when all facilities will be on some sort of electronic punching in and punching out which then causes some other issues for you guys by the way there are times when many many of you I've had weeks where I'm like I cannot believe the percentage of travelers that didn't have a punch in or punch out on one of their shifts, which means the shift itself all goes away. You guys know that. So if you've got three shifts and only two of them show up, hopefully your agency has some sort of mechanism they can validate 
hey, looks like you only worked two shifts. We've got 24 hours, 24.75 hours, or we've got you know 32 hours when you're normally a 40-hour person. And you can say, no, 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 there's, there's a problem, and you can go get that fixed. One of the things we'll keep talking about in this episode is that it's important that whatever company you work with has some sort of kind of preview for you available, that this is what we're anticipating for your pay, and there's plenty of time for you to go fix a potential issue before payroll is ran. If they don't, I think that's a negative. I think that's a you know not a feather in their cap, so to speak, and one of the reasons I would look for another company. Most companies this day and age should have something in place that says, here's the hours we have for you. It's still early enough, unless you're the kind of person who gets your time sheet in late. It's early enough that if there's a problem like a, with a punch-in or something's not you know, showing up that you forgot about or who knows what, the manager had to put you in on call and call back because sometimes I know that you guys can't do that yourselves. I need to get that on there. And it's nice if we can do that before payroll runs rather than having to catch up the following weeks because it gets confusing. There's lots of stuff that uh, keeps making that more and more difficult. So I always am a big believer that if you can fix something before payrolls ran, it's 10 times better than having to go back and redo it. And again, the larger the company that you're working for, the more I would make sure that you're validating. It, most of you guys can see copies of those automatic punch-in, punch-out systems, and you should be checking before you the we, your week is done and you leave for your last shift to make sure that everything is on there because you'd be amazed how many times, like I just said a few minutes ago, where some of those things have to be punched in or, or documented or put in, whether it's lack of a break or that you were put on call for the entire weekend and or you were called back in, it's it's important that you guys can see what we see so you can say, oh, I can see why they can't tell what I'm doing here or that whole shift isn't on there or there's a problem because you know I, it's, it's, it's not showing up so I can see why I'm not going to get paid properly. You can fix that way beforehand. Okay. Let me move on a little bit. I kind of walked through a little bit of that thing. But, you know, first of all, again, I talked a little bit about volume. And here's where I am going to, again, I love heavily beating up on on companies because I think that their pay packages and their margins are so high. And I've, I've spent a career doing that. And I'm going to continue to do that. But today I want to give them a little bit of a pass and say, I do want you guys to understand when you see these big, big companies having payroll issues, what I just said a little while ago, it is the same time frame. So I'm talking about the big three, for example. When they have problems and they have issues, I've had recruiters that have worked for me before that say payday Friday is a tough day around these big companies. You're gonna, if your recruiter has been there any length of time, you're going to have people, the more people you have, the more the higher that percentage is going to increase, that are going to be upset about an error in their payroll. And a lot of it does, in fact, have to do with how many people they're working with. There's no real fix to that, in my opinion, except for better processes, more personnel, and again, more automation potentially and more technology that's going to help with reducing that. But it is one of those things that it does take a lot more people, or much more people if I'm saying that right, to handle 2,500 timesheets a week than it does to handle 100. It doesn't mean you get to have the, you know, you have 25 times the people. No, you probably have about 50 times the people working on payroll because it has to be done effectively and properly. So there are some remote justifications for some margin increases for your company that gets bigger because of their inside personnel and the expenses and the operating expenses that are associated with salaries of people that have to make sure that you guys get paid properly. I'm not saying it's a five or 6% increase in justification over you know most companies because that's hundreds of, well, I should say, yeah, it's probably tens of millions of dollars a year. But there is some justification that I would understand a, a company's margin being slightly higher if they had that many 
travelers working for them in order to be able to adhere to some of their payroll, HR issues, certainly credentialing issues, all those things that we talk about. So that's my, I guess, break I'm going to give those big companies. I do see why many of them, besides just their shareholders and their own personal profit you know, models, why, why many of those have to have a larger margin because they do, in fact, have more internal operating expenses. Now, some of the big companies you'll notice are some of the fewest that advertise and spend a lot of money on marketing and everything else, swag, you name it. So it's kind of a sliding scale. But that one thing is is real. It is a fast-paced work week. Just because payroll's you know initiated on whatever day it is does not mean they're done because usually if it's on Wednesday, they're already getting timesheets in from that week. They've got to make sure that I don't care if it's 401k or you name it, the taxing and the and the the, the money's coming out properly. So Thursdays are tough days. Fridays are our payroll questioning answer days and fixing and getting things ready for the next week. It's a it's a nonstop five day a week deal. They don't go, whew, payroll's done. Here we go. We got a, we got a two days off now. No, it's it is nonstop. And the larger your company is, the more people you have to have. It is a it's not a sliding scale. It's a it's an opposite situation. It is very dynamic in the fact that it's going to take more payroll people to handle more to handle fewer and fewer chunks of travelers because your company's so big. All right, I think I got the, the gist out. Here's one other thing I really want to mention, and I think it's kind of important and worth mentioning. Our industry is really unique in the fact that every one of your week's timesheets and your pay, I should say, for those timesheets, oftentimes varies from the previous week and will vary from next week. What I mean by that is not just the hours, but remember, if you are, if your hours do fluctuate a lot, there's going to be potentially calculations that are based upon your taxable, your tax-free amount. What do I mean by that? I don't want to get too detailed in this, but I, I do think it's important to kind of point out this could be one of those aha moments for you guys. If you're working, if you're if you're a, let's say a nurse and you've got a 12-hour shift, I'm using that as an example, and you just work 36 even hours, most of the time that's going to be great for that. You're not going to have a lot of a lot of you know differences. Every company does things different, but if you work let's say one more hour, a 37th hour, some companies let's let's do let's do the opposite. We can start with 35. Hours. Let's say you only work 35 hours that week. There are companies that will reduce your percentage of your housing and your tax-free amount by one hour, which would mean one thirty-sixth of your compensation would also tax-free would also be deducted. Not really the right way to do it. They really should give you the full tax-free amount and reduce your hourly rate based upon that. If they want to do a reduction on that, and they're not keeping track on the weeks that you've had more than 36 hours, and they're going to just ding you on the weeks you don't. I've seen companies do that. The real way to do is to keep those tax-free amounts steady because you you still have those expenses. It's not based upon your pay. It's based upon your cost of living and the time that you're spending in that county, which would typically be seven days a week. So that amount should stay the same. You still should get your full amount of tax-free amount. It would be your hourly that would decrease because you have one less hour slightly by one thirty-sixth of what that should be. So you can do that math if they want to keep their their margins where they are. And again, I don't really mind that. I don't think you guys do either. It's part of the process. It's transparent. This is what we expected. We expected 468 hours on a 36-hour-a-week, 13-week contract. We expect 520 on a 40-hour-a-week, 13-week contract. So if you work less than that, all of our pay was predicated on that amount. You should make less. What most companies don't do is when you work more than that, you should make more, which is 
the way it should be done. And then most of you don't don't think about that. So when you get work more than 468 or 520 hours, or if you're on a 48 hour guarantee, you work more hours than that, there should be something in your pay that actually changes and increases your weekly compensation to also offset that. And it's wild how you guys will agree to like, okay, I only worked 34 hours and I only got 24 hours in. And you don't seem to mind, but when it comes to when I've got 40 hours or 38 hours, you don't seem to understand that you should be more of the compensated besides just the taxable amount of your hourly rate. Go back and listen to a whole bunch of episodes if you're, if you're not quite understanding what I said or what I meant by that. So that's just one little, little wrinkle. The fact is that many of you guys are not only working different hours, your company has different ways of doing it. Again, I'm going to beat up companies that do not increase your wages, your total wages for anything over 36 hours, and they don't predicate your overtime, callback, or holiday hours on your total hourly compensation, which would include taxable and tax-free, multiplied by 1.5, added together and multiplied by 1.5. It's just done with every company. You guys, if you haven't heard me say this again, I'm going to repeat it again real quickly. The way it should be done is you have your set Hourly taxable amount, all companies oftentimes will give you a weekly tax-free amount. Forget about housing. It's not part of this discussion. But they will give you a lump sum of your weekly based upon either 40 or 36 hours. For those of you working 36 hours, when you work a 37th hour, you shouldn't just get the taxable amount because we're still billing the same hourly rate. What a company should be doing is taking your tax-free amount, dividing it by either 36 or 40 to come up with an hourly figure, adding that to your taxable amount and taxing you on all of those together for anything between 36 and 40. It's your compensation. It's going to be anywhere on the low end for possibly you know eight or nine bucks up to 15 or 20 dollars more an hour that your company is just keeping. Last time I looked, yes, you're going to get taxed on it, but getting taxed 25, 30, 50 percent on 20 bucks an hour is still better than not getting the 20 bucks an hour, if that makes sense to me. And it should because this is a this is thievery in my opinion. We still, if we have a $100 bill rate for the for your hour, we get that $100 on the 37th hour. Why companies are only paying the taxable amount and not giving you your tax-free amount, all taxed with your taxable amount, as an increase in pay is beyond me. And that has got to change. The only way it's going to change is if you guys start demanding it. So start demanding it. If you don't understand what I just said, and I went really quickly because that's not the episode, Go back and listen to some other ones. Think about margins. I'm going to go through this a lot more heavily in a couple episodes, but this is why I want you to listen to every single episode. This is vital. If you always work over 36 hours and you're a 12-hour shift healthcare professional, you're getting ripped off. If you only work 36, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't, except for what the next part of that is. When you guys are, if you're a 40-hour work person or when you get over 40, those two figures, again, should still be added together, and that is the figure that should be multiplied by 1.5 for your holiday, your on-call, I'm sorry, your callback, and your your uh, your overtime, which would be anything over 40. Unless there is something specific in your contract where the agency is not allowed to bill anything more and you agreed to that beforehand, like some of these 40-hour guarantees, 48-hour guarantees I'm seeing, where it's telling us we cannot bill more than the same amount for anything over over 40 hours until you hit 48. What an agency should do to make sure they're doing things legal in the right way is they should be backing that down so they can still legally pay you true time and a half if you're always going to work 48 hours. But if you don't get your 48 hours, that's going to hurt you because they've they've lowered it so that it's fair. And again, it's it's very complicated to do on a podcast or on a YouTube. But that's the one you know small exception is that it should be based upon that. 
I will also talk about holiday pay. If you haven't heard me talk about it, go back. I already talked about holidays in a previous episode. Listen to that one because I also think there's, a, there's some exceptions to those holidays that should be talked about up front because sometimes you only get, you know, 36 hours or 40 hours and eight of those or 12 of those are paid at holiday pay. And oftentimes we can't bill anything more for that. So it, it becomes a little bit of an issue. But what I'm getting at is that there's all these nuances on pay. And I just went off on a big, big tangent to kind of re, re, you know, and reaffirm the things that, are, that drive me nuts. But it's unique. Every time you get a timesheet in from every single employee, you have to actually scrutinize and go through with a fine-tooth comb that employee's timesheet. And then you have to couple it you know, making sure that their insurance is being deducted properly, that they have that plan. If there's a 401k, a contribution, if there's a travel reimbursement that's due, if there's some sort of a bonus that you know some of these companies still do these loyalty bonuses, which you and I both know is just holding your money back and giving it to the end, which is complete you-know-what. So another episode for later. If there is a referral bonus, let's say you're referring a bunch of your friends to that company and all that stuff, everything is unique. So every one of your timesheets, all 500 of you, have some sort of nuance, some sort of variance that comes to your timesheet. And that has to be meticulously and purposefully looked at. So it's amazing, and I think one of the things that should be talked about is that how oftentimes you guys get paid perfectly, even though you have all these wild different things coming and going from assignment to assignment, from your hours being shifted, to jumping on insurance, from going off of insurance, from having a 401k plan, all the different things that you guys have done. It's amazing how one employee has checks, you know, different percentages or lump sums going into different accounts. All this stuff is really, really cumbersome. It's not like you know, a, a company that has, uh, you know, 500 employees and they pay once a week and everyone's internal and it's, you know, there's maybe some commissions involved. It's probably one of the biggest part that they deal with. This is pretty complicated stuff for being as simplistic as our, as our industry is. Payroll is complicated. And again, not making excuses. I'm just telling you guys, yours may not be complicated or yours may be, but you're thinking, oh, it's just, mine's not that bad. It's not that, but 500 of you, it becomes troublesome and, and it becomes an issue that should be addressed. And hopefully most of us agencies and the agencies you work for have addressed it. So like I said, these are going to happen. And so I hope you guys are starting to realize now, that, hey, guy's kind of right. I mean, I can understand how maybe I didn't have anything unique, but because of somebody else's or all the, the volume or who knows what was going on that week or there was a holiday and it was just really difficult, I can maybe see how I had a, a problem and maybe somebody couldn't understand my timesheet or just punched in a key wrong that there was an error. And that's, again, I just want to point out some things. You guys know I'm not big on making excuses or whatever. I like to hit things pretty hard and straightforward. This is an episode where I do think it's important to kind of hear some some of our side of the, you know, I'm doing my little violin here because there it is hard. It's tough. But that's why we make the percentage of the margin that we make so that we can make that money, we can do things properly. And if your company's not, they've got to fix it so that it's being paid right. So, again, it's just, it's... <laughs> I mean, it really, I really tried to figure out how to do this episode without sounding like I'm just constantly making excuses for my for my our, our, our industry. But I think those of you that listen to me repeatedly or have at least listened to any I've said, you know that's just not my style. I think it's important to say, hey, guys, we're human. This stuff happens. Here's some of the reasons why, but we still have to do everything we can to do a better job for you. And I think that's what most companies do. I, I, I'm telling you, most companies want to pay you, right, because they don't want to lose you. So it's, this is not something that is... That is purposeful. It's not something that companies, you know, do intentionally. They just sometimes they have they're just they have trouble because mostly, I will tell you, what I'm experiencing right now is a rapid growth in an agency. 
It's just the way it is, right? So the good thing for me is that I do episodes like this. I understand that. I want to be way ahead of the curve, especially when it comes to personnel, processes, and and procedures that help us with payroll. I just think some companies that, you know, especially smaller ones or people that haven't been doing this very long, some of these newer companies that come in that don't understand the history or what this business is like, and there's a lot of those out there, they get a little bit overwhelmed fast, especially if they are successful and they're growing quickly and have got the right formula, whatever that formula may be. So be aware of that, and you know if you're if you're working with a company that that is having repeated payroll errors, then you've got to you know either point out that you're having them, see if they can fix it, or you're going to have to go out with somebody else because this stuff is vital. It's important for you. It's the number one most important thing. All the stuff we talk about in Travel Evolve, none of it matters if you're not getting paid properly. Did you guys hear that? Nothing matters if you're not getting paid or not getting paid properly. It's 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 important. All right, so here here's I guess some of the things I want to talk a little bit about. Here's where I'm going to put a little things on you guys. I really want to make sure I do this without sounding like I'm pointing my fingers. I'm not. I'm just trying to say these are the things that I've seen that really exacerbate or sometimes are the only cause for payroll issues, and it's on the traveler. And I wish I could say, sit them down face-to-face, say, hey, if you were to do this, this, and this, we would never have problems with your payroll. And I do that, by the way. I've learned after 22 years to make sure that's the case. But first and foremost, it's getting your timesheet on time. If you are in control of that, if your timesheet gets to your agency in a timely manner, you're going to be fine. I do understand sometimes you guys don't have control over when the Kronos report is either uploaded or sent to the vendor via us or sent to us via the vendor. I also know sometimes you guys are working on those handwritten timesheets and you have to give them to your manager and he or she or somebody there, HR, you name it, are responsible for making sure your agency gets it. So that's out of your control. There's nothing you can do except for making sure that that communication is taking place between you and the agency. That's why I love companies that say, hey, we don't have your timesheet yet. We don't have any report. We don't know what you worked last week or we've got it. Here's what we're showing, which is better. So getting it in is, is a really important thing. But things like, like I just mentioned, if you're, if you're dealing with a chronos, let's start with that. Making sure that you've punched in, punched out properly. Is your badge working? I can't tell you how many times people have gone in their first week of their assignment. It's already in the end of the week. They're, you know, it's Monday now. You've already worked a week, and payroll's starting. The, the, the payroll department is going nuts, and we find out that you weren't able to punch in and punch out all week. And I'm going, yeah, did you know that earlier in the week? Because now it's going to be really hard for us to fix it before a payroll deadline. So things like that, making sure that your process for punching in and punching out is happening the day you start orientation. Do not let that drag on for two or three shifts or two or three days of orientation, certainly not into any uh, any of the, the second week. That's got to be on you. And most of us agencies are helpless to be able to try to fix that. You guys may not know this, but most vendors forbid us to contact their client. We are not allowed to call a facility sometimes and say, hey, we have a problem with our, our person's payroll. We have to go through them because they don't want us talking directly to their clients. They're afraid we're going to steal them and take them over directly and cut them out of their 5 to 7% of that total bill rate. So they don't want us to call them. So we're really at a disadvantage. When we don't get a report in from a manager or from a, from a Kronos or somebody who's responsible, we are helpless. And the only way we can do it is by waiting for that to get in. I understand that there are companies out there that repeatedly miss payrolls for you because your process that the hospital you're working at didn't get it to us on time. Not that common, but it is a real thing, and I want to point that out. So don't let that happen. 
tell your manager, I'm not going to stay here. It's not my company's fault. If you guys can't get them a timesheet to me by Monday afternoon, my work week ended Sunday morning. I don't understand what's taking 36 hours, 48 hours for you guys to get that report to them because I'm not getting paid because of it and I'm not going to stay and keep working for your facility and it's not my fault. I got a little angry there because I've seen that. And of course, it comes back with, you know, you guys kind of fix it, but we are absolutely helpless for sure. There are things on a Kronos report like breaks, you know, check to see, you know, what is my report showing me? What do I actually have and what did I actually work? Did I miss a punch in, punch out? Was there anything that, that wasn't there? If you're doing a handwritten timesheet, man, go over it three or four times. Like I said, if that's the piece of paper I'm using to justify and to make sure that I'm being paid perfectly and appropriately, I'm going to make darn sure that it looks really easy. It's perfectly filled out. The dates are right. The signature is there for the manager. And there is no question in my mind that if I looked at this, I would easily be able to tell exactly what to pay me on. That's just really important. So legibility, you name it, you know, that kind of stuff. Make sure your math is right. I already kind of talked a little about holiday on call, but that's again on you guys. If you are you know working a holiday, just point out this is a holiday pay. Here's this this shift right here, depending on the rules of facility, if you work nights and it's paid just from midnight on or up until midnight, or the whole thing is that the shift entirely crosses over a holiday and it's all paid, whatever the rule of that facility is, find out and follow their follow their policy so that it's really easy to communicate to your agency. Here's what was holiday. Here's what was called. On call, I should say. Here's what was called back. Here's the hours I worked overtime. Don't just put 48 or 53 hours. Put 40 and 13 or put 40 and 8. Put, do it really clearly and legibly. Make sure that your your agency can really have a you know hard time understanding. So this is the, that's really it. For the most part, you guys do a great job. For the most part, you guys are also sometimes very helpless with regard to how the Corona situation works. I've had travelers tell me that three or four weeks into their assignment, they're still having difficulty getting the on-call or call back. It has to be done or inputted by a manager. And that's where, again, I'm saying that I know we work with them and they're our, they're our client. We're billing them and we're making money off of your efforts by billing them. It's still sometimes you're going to have to step in and help fix some of your own issues. And there are just going to be times for that. And that's hopefully why you guys are making really crazy money, more so than a staff you know, healthcare professionals working at that hospital, and you guys understand that there are going to be times when some agency, I'm sorry, some facility isn't going to have their act together, or some agency, and I have to step in and be my own advocate and make sure that I'm getting paid properly because clearly the facility or the agency is having trouble struggling with whatever process they have that's not working. So, like I said, if you guys are consistently having issues with payroll, working with multiple companies, working at multiple facilities, the chances are stronger that maybe there's something that you need to improve on your on your end. I'm just trying to say that because there are people that I've had that are perfect every time. I guarantee that we never have any issues. There are people that it's like a struggle, and it creates vacuums and bottlenecks and causes the entire payroll department to either put you on a different pile or figure out a way to get through that so everyone gets paid. So help out your fellow traveler, like I said earlier. So um, I kind of said that the bigger the company, the bigger the more the process has to be perfect. And and that's that is really true. And I'm just telling you that I think that again, like I said, there's gonna be some advancements in our our industry. I just I know it. Um, I, I'm working on some and it's just one of those things that I think that 
Payroll will be one of those things that has to be tackled and has to be improved upon. I do think it already is, by the way. If you'll notice, I think personally, in the last year, year and a half, it feels to me like payroll has improved a lot. I don't see as many issues of complaining about payroll. They're still out there, but it's not like it's all the time. It's more about pay and what the package is and how much money agencies are making. And it's a lot of stuff to deal with, with crisis and pandemics and and just the you know the bill rates or the actually the pay rates. You guys don't get to, you guys aren't usually brought into the loop on on bill rates by most companies. Um, so that's what it is. But the 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 overall feel I get and I look at a lot of stuff. I read a lot is that it seems like payroll errors are down. And one of the things I'm going to say to you is that are they? I don't know. But a lot of travelers have told me that they are just gleeful about the money they're making and they're less upset when there's a 15 minute discrepancy or a call back hour should have been you know was put as call or vice versa and i think there's a little bit of that going on but i do think that tech that technology is is helping i think more and more hospitals are going to a chronos type automatic punch in and punch out which which absolutely has to help i am personally seeing less and less of that i am personally seeing less and less faxing of timesheets, which also creates problems when it doesn't come in on time, or it doesn't, you know, it doesn't make it, or or it was crapping out. I, guys, I know I'm old, but it wasn't that long ago that we were getting, a, you know, 10, 15 percent of our timesheets were being faxed into us. It was ridiculous. That's helping. I think agencies personally are understanding the competition level amongst ourselves, and they recognize that payroll is a problem. And you can pay people less money as long as your payroll's right. I hope that I said that right. And that's a real thing for me to say. Companies that pay less and have bigger margins, they darn well better make sure they're paying perfectly because then, you know, now it's even worse, right? I would be willing to go for a company that pays more and has the occasional problems because they're going through some growing pains, they're going through some, some fast stuff than I would the other way around. But I will also tell you this. I have literally had... I think almost a year without one single payroll error, which is good. It's not about me tooting my own horn. I'm saying that it's mostly about processes and staying ahead of that curve. As as the company that I'm the CEO of is growing, we are making darn sure that is the number two things really credentialing because there's just so many vendors that are so behind on that that we actually can get people credentialed and the vendor's not prepared for that. They don't want them to start yet because they can't get the credentialing portion on their end. But it's also payroll. Getting people on board and then also making sure that they're paid perfectly and that everything goes well. Those are the two areas that I'm focusing on because our company is growing very quickly, and that's important to me. And I think a lot of other companies that have experienced that, I think many companies are either going one way or the other, are all noticing, I think, the importance of making sure that they get paid right because 300, 400 other companies have the exact same position. And if the pay rate is similar and you're having trouble, you're, you know, you're in a hightail somebody else. So I think that's also helping for sure. It just... Again, be being aware of that sort of thing. So, you know, it's it is it's just a big part of our industry. And I again, I know I went through this episode really quickly. It, and I'm not done yet, by the way. But so don't don't turn me off yet. We're not done yet. But I'm getting close. But this is a big issue. I don't think it's going to end because no matter what we do, we're talking about multiple vendors, multiple facilities. All of us do things differently. There's always going to be a wrinkle or a problem that's going to create, unfortunately, something that happens. You know, in your end. I happen to know that, that there are errors that happen the opposite way, and sometimes you guys are really, really quiet about that. It's amazing to me oftentimes if I've made an error, I have to go, oh gosh, I've made an error, and no one that got the error will come out and say something, but you guys are really big and, and very quick to talk about when we do make one that's in your disadvantage, but not when there's one that's in your advantage. But 
as you guys know, we will catch it. We'll fix it. Again, any company of any size has checks and balances. It's actually amazing that that overpays happen because they shouldn't. The only time it should happen is if there's, again, a problem or error with the timesheet or there's some sort of deception that was actually purposely you know, meant to be done. And that's happened to me too. So technology, checks and balances. And again, most, most payroll companies have, the first thing you plug in when you do payroll, just you know, is control numbers. Here's the total number of regular hours, you know, overtime, you name it. Here's the insurance deductions. And those numbers have to match up before payroll is released. If they don't, you've got a problem in your firm and you've got to go figure out where it is. I mean, I'm not trying to get too detailed, but the wonderful thing about working with payroll companies or having your own internal process if you're big enough is that you do put things in place to eliminate big errors on, on pay. And if there's something that's wrong, it has to come down to the timesheet itself, which is really a good thing. I think that's also helping. So what do you do when you have payroll errors? I think most of you, I want to just address this real quickly. Most of you guys oftentimes will call your recruiter. And my question for you is, does that work for you? And I think it has a lot to do with every single specific company. I think for some companies, it's the perfect person to go to. For other companies, as you guys know, recruiters have nothing to do with payroll. And all they can do is stomp their feet and let them know that they're going to lose commission because they got an upset traveler who's not going to stay with them anymore because payroll's an issue, which, is, which does work, right? It's kind of a roundabout way of it happening. But it does, in fact, work. So, again, I think there are times when I think recruiters can really kind of justify some of their commission that comes out of your pocket to go into theirs by having them do their job effectively. And this is one of those things that they should be doing really well or at least be the the sounding board for you to be able to take that to a different level and recognize that, that they are making money off of you. Oftentimes, I, I personally believe it should be going to you, but it's, it's they're making money off of you, which means they should at least be fixing all the different problems you have or at least be taking them to wherever you're supposed to go and not just passing the buck. And I think the smaller the company, the more likelihood that's going to be. Again, if you guys are looking at companies that have, you know, well, don't call me, call payroll. Don't call me, call credentialing. Don't call me, call you know the, the benefit you know insurance or the HR. You have to make a decision if that makes sense to you. But going to recruiter, I want you to just consider it may or may not be right. I think it's it's hard to say for each company. It's going to vary. But you've got to, again, be your own advocate. If you're not getting what you're looking for from one avenue, you've got to explore the other one because this should not be something that's taking weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks to fix, which is what I was dealing a lot with in the last couple of years. A lot of you guys know that people reach out to me through social media. They'll send me instant messages. They'll get my contact and say, hey, I really want to go over a deal or an offer. I want to go over and tell you about this is what's happening with my pay. So I do hear a lot more than I think the average the average CEO because it's not about the company. It's more about getting advice on how do, how do I fix it. And hopefully for those of you that have reached out to me, I think so far we're doing pretty good and we've got some good results on that sort of thing now. As I'm getting busier, my, my ability to be able to do that is lessened, but I don't ever want to stop letting you guys know that you can contact me. You can reach out. You can go to our Facebook group, which is Travel Evolved, and there's easily ways to send instant messages through there and um, you know, or do so, or see a post that's been done by one of my people. Usually they're using my profile, so even though I'm not posting it, you can see my profile and you can reach out and talk to me or at least try to get some messages out to me. I'd love that. Um, understand that if I can't get back to you right away, it's just a crazy time. And right now things are really, really crazy for me, but I will do my best to, to respond back. But check to see what the right avenue is to fix your issue and advocate for yourself. And do not let this thing be something that's taking weeks and weeks to get done. That's a big, you know, big red flag, in my opinion, for the agency, if they're having that much kind of problems. So, you know, consider that. 
if you guys haven't heard me on this episode, the, the, the main point, again, as I mentioned early on, was it's all about communication. And I wanted to communicate with you, I guess, an inherent problem with our in our industry that payroll errors are real. I think there's ways to reduce them. I think travelers themselves can help by being really concise and clear and perfect as the best they can. I think companies should constantly be looking at their processes and how they do their payroll and doing their best to improve upon it, whether it's deadlines or multiple payroll runs or having their process internally, which you guys may not even see, constantly be improving. But this is something that I don't think is going to go away, but it should always be looked at and always be improved upon. And I think over time, as technology with Kronos reports being more prevalent in more hospitals, you know, back-end things being done on us agencies and technology hopefully improving and increasing, I think things will definitely improve. So I just wanted to have that conversation. I wanted you guys to walk you through. Again, there's no. this is not a, a, wow, what a great solution. I don't have one. I have hang in there, do the best you can, but also look at what you're dealing with on your agency with you yourself and see if there's a change that needs to be made on either or both of those avenues and make those changes because again i've always said you guys are in control there are so many of us that are scrambling to earn your business and to keep your business that if payroll is something that is consistently a problem and it isn't anything you're consistently doing then hold those agencies accountable hold all of us accountable and go out and find the agencies that are going to pay really well and also going to pay properly and reduce those payroll errors so, guys, as always, I appreciate it. This was a fat, I mean, it was a longer episode, but I had to get a lot of in, information and content into it to get it out there. Um, so, I just wanted to have this and address this one because it's one of those earlier, early ish ones that I wanted to get it out there so you guys would have an understanding. And hopefully, it builds some better communication between your facility, your agency, even potentially a vendor, and of course yourself. Guys, as always, I appreciate it, and I will catch you next time on Travel Evolved.